I'm sure that everyone has heard the expression that comparison is the thief of joy. And I've seen that credited to a number of different people. Not really sure where where it originated, but I think it's a great quote to start this episode with. And comparison is something that personally I've been dealing with a lot and have dealt with a lot over my life. And so I figured it's a good thing to talk about on this episode of the podcast because it seems like it's something that affects a lot of people. And a lot of people that I talk to seem to be uh, mired in comparison of some sort. And a lot of the times it's really subtle as to how that works. And then it's even more difficult to figure out how to get out of comparison. So I want to share with you what I've learned about comparison and why I think it happens and why it's so common. But then more importantly, the steps that we can take to get out of comparison and by getting out of comparison, actually build our creative voice. So I'm Chris Waldheims. And once again, this is the Hyper Memoir Podcast. And thank you for listening. And if any of you are interested, we have a mailing list and we're also on Instagram. And I would also appreciate if anyone feels inspired to do so, to share the show. So if you could share it on social media or share it with a friend, I'm just trying to get the word out there. So if this is a show that's helped you or you think it's interesting or you believe in what I'm doing, I'd appreciate it if you took a second or two to just send it along to someone else who might get something out of it. Anyway, on with what the show is about. So I don't know if it's because of social media or it's just been something that's constantly been part of people's lives, but comparison is kind of a big thing. And I think social media, at least for me, is kind of the thing that seems to drive it even further. I think nowadays we can see other people's lives, we can see what they do. And when I say other people's lives, I actually mean to say a curated version of other people's lives. And that's what we compare ourselves against. I know that I do it. I know that a lot of people I talk with do it, excuse me. So it's fairly common. And I think it's especially common if you're a creative person trying to create something. If you're trying to build something, it's really easy to rate what you're doing against what other people are doing, or even rate yourself against a hypothetical version of you that got everything right and didn't make any mistakes and just got right to work. So we can also compare against ourselves. And I think that's something that a lot of people do. But I think I'm talking more about the outward comparison that we often make with other people and usually people we don't know or who have nothing to do with us. And so by comparing, we actually slow ourselves down. And so that's why I think when we hear the word or the quote, comparison is the thief of joy, it's really apt. It really resonates with me and I think with a lot of people and it makes a lot of sense. So it's a debilitating game. And I've even read in various books that psychological studies have shown that comparison leads to lower self-esteem and depressive symptoms. So how do we stop the nonsense? So one of the ideas that I've been sort of toying with is that when it comes to comparison, especially, and I think we're going to focus more on comparison as it relates to creativity. So comparing our creative efforts with other people, I think create a comparison is at the root of things like toxic productivity. So I love getting shit done. I love making stuff. I love doing things like making podcasts or writing or working on my business or whatever else I have going on. I love doing it. Um, I love creating. I love improving myself. I love just doing stuff. It's it's great. But sometimes I've noticed, especially lately, I can find myself drawn into a sort of trap of toxic 
productivity and this kind of bullshit hustle culture that I'm sure you've heard about where people are talking about, you know, this kind of 24 seven productivity or just working harder than everybody else, which is, there's a time and place for that. And you do have to work hard to make things actually happen. But I think a lot of times you get this toxic productivity where people work for work's sake. So it's a form of workaholism. And I think when it comes to creative work, I think it tries to reduce the complexity of creativity and what it takes and how you do it and the methods down to, well, if you just work hard enough, it'll all work out. I actually don't believe that's true. I feel like it's possible to work too hard on things that don't really align with your vision, on things that don't really matter to you. And so it's, I wish I could think of a great analogy at this moment, but it's really easy to get drawn into this feeling. And I I can tell you from my own experience, I get drawn into the feeling of I should be doing more. So even if I put in a full day of work, at least for me, or do all the things that I'm supposed to, or check everything off my list, I'm always feeling like I should do something more. And I think that's a comparison with these people who maybe they're people, people I know or hear of or hear about or read about or whatever that I feel like are doing more. And I compare myself. I, instead of just appreciating what I've done, I'll often compare myself with these people, with people who sometimes I don't even know. And I think what that leads me to is this sort of compulsion to do more stuff. So I don't know if it's just me or if anyone listening also has that kind of feeling. I'd be really curious to hear. And I think that that's really what's at the root of things when you hear about toxic productivity or the hustle culture, which thankfully I've been seeing more and more pushback against that idea that you're supposed to work yourself and grind yourself down to the bone in order to get something done. Yes, there are times and places for working really, really fucking hard, but that's not all the time. There's times for breaks. There's times to regroup. There's times to grow. There's times to be creative. I don't think you can be creative with an always on hustle culture mentality. I think for a lot of us, even we need to find out actually what it is that's worth working on. So working on stuff, like I said a moment ago, that isn't really aligned with your vision, isn't going to be a great use of time, no matter how hard you work, you don't get any trophies for working hard. And I think if you kind of want to be, I don't know, want to look at it one way, it's almost like this hustle culture is a participation trophy culture. And they would hate to hear that, but people who espouse that would hate to hear that because um, it's sort of like, well, if I work hard, I should get the thing. Well, not necessarily. If If it's not something you don't want or something that doesn't serve you, is it even worth getting? So that's what we're talking about here when we talk about toxic productivity. And a lot of it is comparison. So I think I'm kind of going on this little micro tangent here because I felt like that was one of the most obvious things that comparison drove me to is this compulsive overwork. And I think it's not terrible for me, but I think it could be better. And that's something that I'm actively working on right now is learning how to work on the things that really matter. So things like this podcast and then not work on things that are so-so or that I'm doing just to earn points to say that I've worked really hard. I don't think there's any value in just doing that. And then I think when we're talking about comparison, obviously I start to think about, well, what's the way out? We can talk about comparison and all the ways that it can make us unhappy. And, you know, I think the idea of things like hustle culture and toxic productivity are just one manifestation. But I think, as I was saying a little bit earlier, there's also psychological effects. I think it's really hard to appreciate what you have. It's really hard to 
move forward. It's hard to be truly creative if you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else. Because I know that what I'll do sometimes is I'll see people doing something that I think looks cool. And it might have, might be something I'm not really even that interested in, like, I don't know, like some kind of sport or something. But I already know I'm not willing to put in the effort to get really good at it or whatever, but yet I still compare myself with them for whatever reason, you know, and I think it's just internal insecurity. Fine. We all have it. Um, but I think what I've been coming to lately, and I think this is where we start to get into the meat of what I want to talk about today, is where we, what we can do. And I think the way to get out of comparison is about building your own lane. So we all have the power to do that. And I think that is how this idea of comparison ties back into the theme of the podcast, which is to find your creative voice. And so I think finding your creative voice is another way to say building your own lane. So in a way, becoming a category of one, you can call it your own niche. So basically what you're trying to do is create your own category where you're the incomparable leader of that category. And it doesn't even have to be a leader. It's just, you're the one that's your category. That's your thing. And there's, if you think about the greats, there's people who they, they form their own identity. They form their own voice. They're irreplaceable. Um, whether it's a director or artist or actor, there's, there might be copycats, but they're the ones everybody knows who the, who, you know, when you see the copycats, they know, Oh, that looks like Andy Warhol or whatever, you know? So people who are kind of pioneering, they, build their own category. So to do that, a big part of it is looking inward. A big part of it is knowing yourself. And I think for any creativity, that's going to be step one, but knowing yourself, knowing what it is that you're actually trying to do and what it is that you have to say. Again, we're coming back to the concept of creative voice because that is going to be the cornerstone of building your own category and building your own lane and being in a lane that's separate from other people. Because then once you've done that, once you've built your own lane, it doesn't matter what other people are doing because there's no competition. What we're trying to do is remove that sense of comparison, that sense of competition by being like, I'm playing my own game. It doesn't matter what other people do. So there's actually a quote talking about this that I'll share with you. Um, Naval Ravikant, I believe he's an investor or I know he, his name uh, comes up a lot in entrepreneurship circles. I guess I should know more about who he is, but I know he's written some books anyway. Uh, seems like a cool guy. So I'll share a quote that I, I got from him. Um, it's pretty straightforward. And I think it might've even been a tweet that he wrote. I don't know. It was passed along to me. So I'm going to pass it along to you. He says, become the best in the world at what you do. Keep redefining what you do until this is true. So rather than trying to necessarily always compete with someone else, you're trying to figure out what is it that you can do best. And more importantly, I would add on not just the best at what you do, but what can you do uniquely? What is it that maybe only you can do? And I can tell you what mine is. You know, I can tell you how I've approached that question. And maybe that will shed some light if that's something that you're interested in trying to do. So I've found for myself that the more that I'm able to dig into my story and extract the lessons from my story and talk about my story and then share what I've learned, which is what this podcast is, then I'm able to move closer and closer to something unique that I can do. And the reason why I say that's something unique, of course, there's a bunch of podcasts and of course, there's a bunch of writers out there, but I'm the only one who can write on this topic. I'm the only one who can write on this exact experience of finding creative voice. 
I mean, sure, there's even people who could make a podcast and write about creative voice. They'll do it in their own way, but none of them have the direct personal story that I have, the personal relationship and journey that I've been through. So that's the thing that for me, I've found is unique to myself. So you might find that to be something else. And I think, again, whatever you choose and however you choose to look at it, it's always going to be going back into looking at yourself, looking inward and being like, what is it that I can do that nobody else can do? What experience have I had that nobody else has had? And it doesn't need to be completely unique. I'm not saying that it's a completely unique experience, but I've found and I believe that people are looking to learn from other people who have been through stuff, who have had experiences. It's not just about conveying information. You could go on chat GPT or you could go on Google and read a bunch of random articles about finding creative voice. But I think there's value and I hope there's value and I hope you feel this way too. There's value in hearing from someone who's sort of been through the process like I have, or who's actually going through the process like I am. And that's what I'm sharing with you here. So my personal story is my lane. So I'm kind of applying that story and taking the lessons and sharing them with you on here is my lane. So in this lane, like I said, I'm irreplaceable. Not that I'm better than anybody else. Not that, you know, there's nothing as good, but I don't think there's anyone who has a story like mine. And as this podcast goes on, I'll talk about it more. I've I've alluded to a lot of it in previous episodes, and I'm actually just getting warmed up and telling it. So this podcast is my practice of doing that. And as I'm talking about when, you know, uh, Naval says, keep redefining what you do until it is true, I'm iterating through. So every episode, I'm hoping to get better at telling that story and relating it and relating the lessons in podcast episodes like these. So I'm taking a while to figure it out, and it might not always be static, but I think I know the general direction in which things are going. Um, So yeah, I think creating your own category or niche is the game changer that we're looking for to get out of comparison. You can take the things that you've experienced and use that, and and then you're kind of in this world now where instead of always trying to compete against other people, now you have something to add that's completely different and new. And I think that along with creating your own lane, there's another technique, I guess you could say, or part of the equation, which is visualization. So for me, it's not just about where I have been, but it's where I strive to go as well. So that requires visualization where you literally step into the future mentally and emotionally. You try to figure out what is it that I'm trying to do? What do I want the future to look like? And that's probably going to be different than what other people are saying. There might be things in common. Maybe you want to live in a certain place or have a certain lifestyle or have a certain type of family or spouse or whatever it is that you're looking for. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your vision. It's going to be something that's personal to you, something that you've created. And by creating that vision, I find the magic in doing that is you get to filter out all the stuff that isn't going to make that vision happen. So for myself, if my vision is to write books and it is part of my vision to write books because that's what I'm doing. But if my vision is to write books, it's not going to matter how good I am at sailing. It's not going to matter whether or not I've sailed around the world at age 14, because unless I'm writing about that, that has nothing to do with me. So, you know, or anything else, or whether someone else's business has made a hundred million dollars, doesn't matter. I mean, yes, we'd all like that. And I think that's the thing that is um, sort of pernicious about it is that you like all these things, but 
at the same time, you don't need them and it's not part of your vision. So having that vision visualizing, it sort of filters out the things that you don't want. So I think that's why getting into visualization is helpful. And I'm just, I'd be curious to know who's already done that. Um, so we can always talk about that more, but it's a technique that I've found is good. And there's a lot of resources on how you can do that, but I, I would encourage you to connect with your vision. And it's not just a one-time thing where you say, Hey, it's January 1st. Let me get my vision. Really think about what I want to do. Spend some time, do it. No, it's an everyday thing. Every day you should wake up and at least spend a moment coming back to that vision, especially before you get on social media and start getting overwhelmed and flooded by what other people are doing that looks really good, but is probably not also honest. Just going to say that. Um, so it's kind of cool about finding your own vision also is it makes it easier to learn from others. So if there is somebody else out there whose life that you like or something about their life that you find cool or find inspirational, you can actually take what you want from that. You're like, hey, this person, you know, maybe the person you're looking at makes a lot of money. And you're like, how do I do that? What can I learn from them to apply that to my vision? If that's going to be part of your vision, or it might not be. You might be like, money is not part of the equation. I don't really care about it. So I'm not going to do that. Great. Ignore it. But there might be something else where someone's like, hey, they make, you know, they are really good at gardening. So that's something I want to learn from them and whatever, apply that to my vision. So I think once you get more secure, and I'm maybe just speaking about myself only, hopefully not. Um, once you get more secure in that vision and once you get more secure in that lane and niche, it makes it a lot easier to learn from other people. Because then once you've dropped that sort of insecurity of comparison, it almost comes with this humility where you're like, okay, what can I learn from this person? What can I learn instead of comparing myself? How can I actually, like, there's definitely something that maybe resonates with you about that person that you're seeing. So is it something that you can take and apply to yourself? So anyhow, yeah, comparison might be a thief of joy, but you're not defenseless. And I think if I'm trying to establish something with this podcast, the idea is you can take action. So you can take action by, building your own lane by finding out what it is that's unique to you and then visualizing how that's going to turn out. And I know it's pretty straightforward, but it's something that I think takes practice. I think it takes practice to find out what your own lane and it might take months. It might take years. It's something that can be developed into a daily or weekly or monthly practice. I would actually say daily if you can do it somehow of just constantly redefining and reminding yourself what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, as somebody who spent years kind of going from thing to thing, and as a creative person, I know that this is something that comes up a lot for myself. I see so many things, and I guess it's a version of shiny object syndrome. So you see so many things, especially nowadays with technology, the way it sort of advances so quickly, it's really easy to see the next thing, whether it's AI or crypto or whatever, and suddenly go from that to the other thing to the next thing, because that's what everybody's talking about. And the way that our world is now wired, we have social media that lets you know about everything that's coming down the pipe. So it's really easy to be, to be pulled from one thing to another. So I think it's so important on a daily basis, I feel this way, to take time and really focus on defining what it is that you're looking to do and really refining your vision for the future. So that's what I've got for you today. Hopefully that was helpful to you. I'm Chris Valtimes, and this is the Hyper Memoir Podcast. Um, like I asked at the beginning, if this is something that's helpful to you, I'd love it if you shared it. If not, that's okay. Hopefully I get better and can share something with you that you really enjoy. Um, thanks again for listening to this episode, and I'll see you next week.